The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You found Destination Love with Shelley Pumphrey. This is not a program about becoming the perfect date or how to get that special someone you've been admiring to notice you. Instead, we'll bring you the science behind how to find love and show how being your true self generally works best. Now, here's your host, Shelley Pumphrey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Destination Love. This is Shelly, and I am excited to get started with you today. Um, as you know, if you've been following the last few weeks, we've been covering the love styles and the concept of attachment. And now that we've kind of got that under our belts, we're going to move into some different topics in the next few shows. And Today, we're going to have a really interesting speaker. I'm really excited to introduce her to you. Um, She's a good friend of mine and a colleague of mine, and she has just some really amazing messages that I wanted to help her share with the world because I think that um, what she talks about in the realm of infidelity and betrayal and trust um, is just very important information for us to to implement because there's very few people that I know that have not had some kind of heartbreak or situation situation with betrayal in their lives and um, you know have gone on and been able to just keep their hearts open and trust everybody again. Everybody has a hard time with that at one point or another in their lives. So I thought this was a really important topic for us to talk about. So I am going to introduce to you Miss Terry Lynn Wilkins. Um, she is a life coach um, and has been a life coach for about 14 years. She's been featured on magazines and newspapers across the country. She's appeared on every local news channel here in the Denver area and even on the popular HGTV. So she's pretty well known. Um, after an eight-year journey through infidelity herself, and she is very open about saying that she was both the cheater and she'd been cheated on. Um, She realized that there was really very little help out there uh, for people to understand this topic. So most people who experience betrayal are still very hurt and angry even years later and unable to heal. They move and move forward and create love in their lives. So Terry has really um, made this her passion to, to talk to people and help them understand and heal from infidelity, cheating, and betrayal. So using her own personal journey um, through this, she's unveiled a lot of insights into why people cheat and how to avoid infidelity and how to heal if it does happen. So I'm going to turn the show over to you, Terry, and say hello, welcome. I'm so excited and honored to have you here today. Oh, Shelley, thank you for having me. I've been so excited to talk to you. 
Well, I, this, and the feeling is mutual. I just, I love the work that you're doing. And, you know, I get a lot of single people on this show, but there's a lot of people who've been married and divorced or people who are in relationships too. So, you know, when we talk about infidelity, we're not just talking about people who are married and are going through cheating. I mean, we're talking about any kind of relationship past, future, present. Um, and it's just the overall concept of being hurt and betrayed by someone in general, even if it doesn't mean that you've been cheated on. So Terry, I want to just kind of, I guess what I want to start with is for you to just tell us a little bit about your story, because it's so interesting. And <laughs> I think it really helps people understand why you do what you do. So tell us a little bit about you. Oh, it never gets, um, never get used to telling my story, I tell you. <laughs> so I, um, I was married, had the traditional family life, the two kids, the house on the golf course, the charity events, the PTA president, living the, um, you know, standard suburban life and had a, you know, a good man for a husband and was married nearly 20 years, got married when I was really wow. young. And I was the most judgmental person about cheating and infidelity. My thought was, if you're going to do that, leave your leave your spouse first. Have at least mm-hmm. enough common courtesy to do that, right? And right. so I was more shocked than anyone who knew me, actually, when I found myself in a situation where I had fallen in love with someone else. And it happened suddenly. It, didn't, it wasn't something mm-hmm. I had looked for. Mm-hmm. It shocked me. It rocked my world. I left my marriage within two months. And left uh-huh. everything. Literally walked out the door with wow. a bed and my clothes. And wow. then how'd you began, how'd you meet this person that you fell in love with? This was actually someone that I knew back from high school, which is common. Something I uh-huh. talk about. Um, I call it a false familiarity, which happens often with mm-hmm. people you knew from your past. And um, and so I left. But the I think the key for me was I realized when I left, I wasn't leaving for that other person. I actually was leaving for me. I knew what was happening. Luckily, I'd had enough, you know, self-awareness and therapy over the years to realize what was happening. Uh, but I ended up, as often happens, on the other side of the coin, right, having been betrayed in every kind of way imaginable for mm-hmm. many years after that. And so I reluctantly... Um, ended up sort of with a lot of insight about this, having gone through it from both sides and felt like I had a different understanding. Mm-hmm. Felt like maybe I should bring that understanding out into the world, but I didn't want to. I fought it for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> finally acquiesced and decided to, to change my specialty and move into this realm. Just because, like you said, there are so many people that I saw that even years later, just you could see the pain in their eyes. They weren't over it. And I looked at it so differently. And so I just felt like I, I kind of, I was called to it. So that's the story, not so much in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, what I think is interesting is that you put this out there so bravely like there's so much shame around cheating that people go through um, whether you've been cheated on or if you're the one that's cheating and what I love about you is you're so open and authentic about it how did you get over the shame piece there you know it was tricky for me I've always been an incredibly open person and put everything out there and the challenge with this was that it didn't just have to do with me it involved my ex-husband and involved my ex-partner, it involved his ex-wife, there were other entities involved, and so 
I think that's why it took me so long to finally embrace it because I realized in owning my story, I also was sort of, you know, bringing them into this as well. And it's a fine line that I ride trying to be respectful of everyone who was a part of it and yet still honor myself by being the open person that I've always been. Mm-hmm. But part of the the drive in all of this was I went through quite a bit of um, online kind of shaming myself from a bunch of other women that were involved. And I thought, mm. my gosh, this is like so, so painful. And no one knows who I am or what my morals were or where I'm coming from or why I did this. And so I felt the the pain of the person who had cheated and then also the guilt and shame of the person or who had been cheated on, also the guilt and shame of the person who had cheated. And I realized, my gosh, you know, it's the same, it's the same pain and all of the all of what we do today about this topic and the taboo around it and the TV shows that expose people and humiliate them and the online shaming that happens, it just kind of cut me really deeply. And I realized I I sort of had to do something to bring some light and understanding to it because nobody understands what really happens and why it happens, I don't think. God, I love that that you're willing to do that because I think it's so important for people I mean we're human everybody's human yeah and I know as a therapist I get so many clients that come in to see me that have been through cheating on you know on one end or the other Mm -hmm. and it is this very painful um, embarrassing topic and they don't talk to anyone about it you know maybe just the close their closest friends Um, but it's you know, it's just, there's a very deep wound there. So I'm, that's yeah. why I wanted you to come on with us here today to put this out into the open so people can follow hopefully in your footsteps and letting go of some of the shame and, and just talking about how and why this happens. Yeah. And I think that's, the, you just mentioned that kind of core of what I think is so important to understand when you've been cheated on, the reason it's so painful is because it brings up that wound that all of us carry from childhood. It's not because of our spouse or our partner, but that wound of I'm not good enough, right? It's that just core human nature wound. And that is something that most of us go through life trying to cover up. You know, we try to achieve, we try to look right, we try to dress right, we try to have material possessions, whatever we're doing in our lives to not experience that feeling. And when someone cheats on you, all of a sudden it's, it's as if there's evidence that you aren't, in fact, good enough. And right. that is the deepest core wound in someone. And that's why it's so painful. And, and I think often why, why people don't share it. And then they also have the shame of, I didn't see this, or I should have saw that, or I did see it, and I you know, ignored it, and I don't want anybody to know, and I don't want anybody to judge me. And then, of course, on the other side, being a cheater, yeah, I mean, you get completely vilified and crucified for that because nobody wants that person nobody wants to have that pain and so it's I think one of the most shamed things that a that a person can do I mean it seems like we have an easier time forgiving people who are alcoholics or drug addicts or even murderers than we do cheaters because it touches something so raw inside of us yeah I think you're right I think you're definitely right. Well, one of the questions that I'm dying to hear um, or dying to hear you answer is why do people cheat? What do you think? I have kind of a different uh, philosophy about this. And I know there's a lot of different experts out there that have different opinions. But having walked the journey myself, 
first of all, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with sex whatsoever. That, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with it. Um, I think really that there's only five reasons that people cheat. There are a ton of surveys out there and a lot of them will give the most of the reasons that you'll hear is that it was about connection. It was about sex. It was about the relationship, you know, falling apart. But I think the problem with those surveys is they don't dig any deeper. Of course, somebody who's cheated is going to say, well, yeah, I wanted to have sex with someone. That is, of course, part of the process for most situations, unless it's just an emotional affair or it's just connection. But that isn't necessarily the reason. That's just sort of an end result of what was happening. So in my mind, even though you'll talk to people and they'll give you a myriad of different answers, and it could be, you know, a hundred different answers, they all fall within five different categories. And the, the biggest one I see, and you probably see this as a therapist too, is that when we partner with someone, often we do it out of need and insecurity and fear and attachment and we might not pick the best person for us and might not have enough self-awareness. And when you have a relationship where someone has not the skill to make it good or it's based on, you know, the wrong reasons, like maybe your biological clock was ticking or, you know, whatever you thought someone was, you Mm -hmm. know, had a great job and good money, that inevitably will fall apart. And then often what can happen among a a lot of things is that cheating happens. So the quality of the relationship to begin with is number one. And that's the one most people don't want to hear me say. They don't don't want to hear that it could be that, you know, maybe you weren't supposed to be together to begin with. That's a hard thing to hear. But it's true. Oh, I I totally agree with you. I think that one is just like right on in the the people that I see. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the next, and I put them in order of occurrence the way that I believe that the, okay. the percentage wise. So number two is just someone who has a low self-worth, insecurities, feeling less than. It's like mm-hmm. I talked about before that self-worth issue. We have all different ways to cover that up. And some of us numb out. We use alcohol. We use, you know, medication. We use TV, whatever. Some of us use achievement to actually, you know, cover that up. And some people I have found use attention from other people. Mm-hmm. So if you have yeah. a partner who does not feel good enough about themselves and they they come across someone who thinks they're wonderful, I mean, honestly, Shelley, that's like the best drug on the planet. Oh, for someone yeah. To think, yeah, that you're attractive and wonderful. So if you're, if you're suffering from that and you're not dealing with those in a healthy way and seeking help about it, you can, mm-hmm. you can fall prey to that. Yeah. So that's the second most common, I think. Okay. And then the third, which is what most people want it to be, because this is what this is one of the ones that's fixable typically, is that the relationship just broke down. You had kids, you got busy, you didn't maintain your connection, you didn't have date night, you know, you lost your ability to see the person for who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the other two are less common, but they do happen. I think it, people do fall in love with other people. That does happen. No, yeah. there's a lot of experts out there that say it's never real, it's never anything but artificial. I don't believe that. And especially in my case, that was actually true. And then I think there's also a, a small category of people who, if they're struggling with sexual identity or denying mm-hmm. their sexuality, I'm not talking about open relationships, and that's a whole different realm. I'm talking about somebody who may be homosexual or bisexual and doesn't right. really want to face that or transgender or what have you. 
and they, you know, get married because that's not something that they want to accept about themselves. That's a small, small percentage, but I always mention it because it is, in fact, you know, real and can happen as well. Right. So those are the five. Okay. I love. <laughs> I think you're so right on. I think oh, thank you. Um, I love how you've broken that down. One of the other things that I wanted to add, and I think it can go into some of these categories too, and just because mm-hmm. I've been talking about the love styles and about attachment over the last few um, episodes, and a lot of times people with a more avoidant attachment or the what I call the love resistors will yeah. engage in cheating as well. And it's it's really like it could play into that not having a good quality relationship or being, you know, liking the attention of other people. But a, a love resistor is their brain is very wired to stay disconnected from an intimate sure. partner. Yeah. So they'll look for opportunities to... Um, stay disconnected and cheating is one of those. So um, I'll just, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would add in, uh, you know, one more thing in there, but again, that can play out in any of those five scenarios that you talked about. Yeah. I love your work with uh, the attachment. I think that's so relevant and I love that we have evolved more into those philosophies and kind of out of the codependency decade or so that that was. I I love that whole philosophy for sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's very, um, very powerful. Um, We uh, we're getting ready to to go to a break here because I so I don't want to go into a big topic. Um, I feel like what I really, I, what, I'll just give a little teaser about what we can talk about here when we come back. Um, you do a lot of work around helping people see how cheating um, and just going through that kind of betrayal can be a gift. And sometimes when I say that to people, I just see them cringe, like their jaws drop. They're like, <laughs> yeah. it is not a gift. Are you kidding me? You're what crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Right? So I think when we come back, uh, we're going to break here for just a couple of minutes. I want to dive into that. I want you to tell us about how betrayal can actually be a gift and how we can turn this around into something good in our lives. So um, we will be back in a couple of minutes. If you are wanting to follow us, you can find me at thelovestrategist.com or find me on Facebook at Authentic Date. We'll be back in a few. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. 
Good morning, New York. Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Hello, welcome back to Destination Love. This is Shelly, and we are interviewing Terry Lynn Wilkins. Um, she is a coach and an expert at working with betrayal and cheating and infidelity. And before we break for the commercial, um, we were just starting to talk about how betrayal can be a gift. And what I, one of my favorite quotes that I stole off of your website, Terry, is that what you say is betrayal isn't heartbreak. It's an invitation for the courageous. And I've even heard you just in talking to you that, you know, being cheated on is actually a gift. And like yeah. I said before, people cringe when I say that. So how, tell us, my dear, tell us, how can betrayal I, be a good This thing? is my favorite part, right? I, I believe this, but before I dive into it, I have to say I'm not Pollyanna here, all right? I have been on the floor (laughs) crying my eyes out for eight hours straight in the worst pain of my life. So anybody who's out there who's experiencing this, I get it. I understand. Betrayal is absolutely one of the most painful experiences that someone can go through. It, Like I said before, it brings out that core wound of, I am not good enough. I am not loved. I am not worthy, right? Right. So I preface what I'm going to say with that. At the same time, it is absolutely a gift because it does bring that up because it's an opportunity to see into the depths of your soul Mm -hmm. something that you may have been numbing out for years and years and to heal it. It has, and I can say this from my own experience, it was the worst thing I ever went through and also the best thing that ever happened to me. It completely changed who I am. I am more compassionate. I am more loving. I am a better person for it. Now, I, I say that knowing that it isn't that for most people because most people don't deal with it. They just bury it. They claim to have survived it. Quotes, I don't like that word. And they they move on kind of carrying the pain and the heartache for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And unfortunately, often don't manifest love again because of that. But if you do look at it as an invitation is what I believe it is. And and pardon me here, I'm not religious, Shelley, but I, I can't ever get out of my mind the fact that even Jesus was betrayed, right? And yeah. so I really do look at it as a spiritual journey. If mm-hmm. you If you decide to look at it that way, it can be the best thing that ever happened to you. And the other part of that is, when we marry someone in particular or when we're dating, we have this mindset of picking the right person, the one person that's not going to hurt us, right? We all go into it thinking, okay, I made a good decision and good judgment and this is never going to happen. So when it does happen, we have this thought of, well, this wasn't supposed to happen. This shouldn't happen to me. I don't deserve this. And I I want to get a little philosophical in that and say, hold on a second, like whoever said and I don't want anybody to take this wrong, but this is really a good perspective to have if you're going through it. 
whoever said that I was supposed to not have heartache and pain in my life, first of all, right? right? I mean, we all have challenges in our life. Right. Some people lose children. Some people have, you know, drug addiction. Some people lose loved ones. Some people are victims of, of crime. This just happens to be your challenge. We all have something to go through. And so I just like to kind of introduce to people the the sort of mindset shift of, Instead of, why did this happen? Poor me. You know, I'm a victim of this. Wow. Why did this happen? What is here for me? What gold is in there? And I think if you can shift that, that's when you really can get the gifts out of it and really have it turn it and shift it into something that was really wonderful for you. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what I do. No, I love that. I, I totally agree. I mean, one of the one of my favorite sayings that I like to use when I'm going through a challenging time is life happens for me, not to me. And it really yeah. shifts that perspective. Like that's okay, exactly maybe what there's I a say reason about for this. betrayal. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's awesome. I agree. And I that doesn't this. mean yeah. it doesn't mean that you're approaching it or we're approaching it in any Pollyanna way. One of the gifts, one of the most wonderful gifts that I got out of it was learning how to process my own emotions, learning how to sit with pain and be comfortable in discomfort and separate myself from my emotions. And so now anytime, you know, something hits me, I have the skills to actually process that instead of doing something to numb it out. So the way, you know, you've heard this before, the, the way through something is actually through it, not around it. Same with pain. So we, so yeah, we deal with the heartache, but we, understand what that heartache represents, what it really is. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think it is so challenging for people to wrap their heads around this kind of thinking sometimes. Like some people Mm -hmm. that are, you know, maybe they've done more therapy or a lot of personal growth. They hear this kind of thinking a lot, but some people haven't really dipped their toes in that water. And so challenging them to see this as, you know, a positive thing, you know, that is that cringing kind of, you are being too Pollyannish, um, you know, kind of response. But I I want to challenge anybody that's listening, that's having that kind of response right now that truly, like, you can't escape life without bumps and bruises. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always going to be some kind of challenge or hardship. And adjusting your thinking and your perspective to this place where you can take anything that comes at you. And I swear anything, anything, um, you can turn it around into something that can mean something good for you. It can be meaningful. It can be empowering. Um, It's all in the way that you look at it. So you are such a great example of how, to do this. I love that you're well, sharing. And I didn't just get there. You know, I had, I had yeah. to traverse all the other wrong routes that didn't work for me and realize, Hey, the, like this, what is the common denominator here? It's me. And right. one of the things like you, you, I'm sure encounter this whole idea of, I was victimized and that sort of victim mentality. Mm-hmm. I see that obviously in what I do with everyone that I work with, there's some part of that. And I think the reason it's so hard to shift into the mindset of what is this going to bring to me and what is my responsibility here? And you know, what part do I have in this is that when you play the victim, when you cry and you whine and you moan and you lash out and you, you know, online shame, You get attention for that. People Uh give you attention for that. And initially, 
when you're hurting, that attention, albeit superficial and not helpful, it, it feels good temporarily. It's kind of like, you know, taking a drink. It takes the edge off just a little bit. Right. And the problem is people can get caught in that for years and years and years. And eventually, even the people who were, you know, validating you and giving you attention, which are often other women who have been cheated on, sadly, like that whole uh-huh. misery loves company part, they get sick of listening to you also. And so one of the key, I guess, like light bulb moments and, and times where I see clients shift is when I hold their feet to the fire and say, okay, when did you know? Uh-huh. And I don't mean everybody knows about the cheating, but everyone always knows something's wrong. Right. And there's a huge difference between saying, oh, this just happened and I had no idea and it hit me out of nowhere. That means your next relationship, and you'll, you probably see this with dating, like you can't trust because it's just going to randomly happen and you never can trust anybody versus looking back and saying, okay, I kind of knew something was going on in the relationship. I was too afraid to deal with it, or I didn't have the skills to deal right. with it, so I just let it ride. That, in, that is an empowering place to be. That is, yes, I knew, I chose not to see it, but that was a choice, and I can choose differently. Yeah. That is something that like builds your own intuition and your own knowing and builds more trust in you, which is what you need, as opposed right. to someone else, than playing victim for the rest of your life and saying it was just random and happened and I had no idea. That's right. hard for people to hear. That's really hard for people to hear. But anyone, at least anyone who works with me, we have to go through that that yeah. piece because when they finally look back and see what was happening and, and own that, it actually brings their power back. It's crucial. Right. Well, and I, I love that. I think, I mean, I know what's happened. Like I've been in a situation where I've been cheated on, you know, a few times I've had that experience. And I know, you know, looking back, I knew but I ignored my intuition mm-hmm. and, you know, just like you're talking about. And I guess what, what's coming up for me is like, what do you tell people when they have that feeling, but they don't want to know what they think they know? What would you tell people to do? Okay. So the, so first of all, the, the most common, one of the most common feelings that people have after they've been cheated on is they feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So not only do you feel rejected and your self-worth is at an all-time low, you feel stupid. And when I say, and I want to be clear, when I say, when did you know? Sometimes we knew before we got into the relationship that we shouldn't uh-huh. be in the relationship, right? It, it might have been right. at day one. And that's what we knew, right? And then cheating just happens afterwards. But I think that um, the most important part is one there's a difference between blame and responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Owning your part in it does not mean it's your fault. That cheater made his decision, her decision, and that is their decision. But owning your part is important for you. And two, the the actual knowing that you knew and you didn't you didn't pay attention to it, you could beat yourself up about that for years or you mm-hmm. could actually learn to cultivate some self forgiveness and compassion. I and love that. Yeah, and that that is crucial because that is one of the gifts. If you can realize why you did what you did, and there's always reasons. Like, Shelly, you know this. We do what we do because we don't know any better, right? right. Or there's there's patterns from our childhood that we're recreating. Right. If you understand that and you really dig into it and unpack it, it makes sense. Okay, well, that's why I did it. And so if I didn't know any better or if I was trying to cover up pain, mm-hmm. what other option is there but to say, 
that's all you knew. And yeah. you know what? Now you see it clearly, and maybe next time you'll listen a little sooner. And even if you don't, now you've got the skills to get you through it if something does happen again. So finding forgiveness for yourself, and in my line of work, everybody thinks that it's all about forgiving the, the other person. No, the person you are most pissed off at is you. That's mm. where the anger is coming from. I chose wrong. I didn't see it. Wow. And so that's yeah. where you have to start. That's where you have to start. Yeah. I love that because it really, I mean, the anger does get focused on yeah. the other person. And, it's, and we <laughs> avoid responsibility for our piece in it. That's right. And yeah. it doesn't, that doesn't lead anywhere. That just leads to more pain. So as hard as it is to self-reflect, that's where the freedom is. That's where the, yeah. the gifts are. And this might be a little off the cuff here, but I like one of the things that that I think this conversation always leads to is a conversation about intuition and what yeah. does that feel like to know? Because some people get worried, um, and tying this back even to my work with attachment, like especially people who are love connectors, where they're very anxious and mm-hmm. preoccupied with a partner leaving them, they get really confused sometimes between what is my intuition telling me and what is my anxious lizard brain attachment based mind doing mm-hmm. to try to keep me attached to somebody are you know is that just getting me jealous and worried or is my gut really telling me something's wrong and I don't know if you can speak to that or not but maybe yeah. just speak to the intuition piece it's something that's such a good question because that's actually something I still am challenged with. And mm-hmm. one of the big lessons that I got out of it, I have been studying everything, any kind of religion, any kind of psychotherapy, any kind of self-help, reading for 20 years. I started going to therapy when I was 19 years old. And so I thought I, I thought I had a pretty good grasp and knew my patterns in childhood. But one of the huge um, realizations that I came to was that I was all in my head, not in my body. So yeah though I could speak eloquently about everything I had been through and all the feelings I had experienced and what my childhood was like and why I did what I did, I never processed any of it. I never Mm -hmm. actually felt it in my body. And that is so important. And I think it ties into intuition as well. One of the the things that happened, I realized after years of, of betrayals, I started noticing that when I was being lied to, the back of my neck would start Mm -hmm. to burn. Yeah, and I've realized since then that that's a um, it's a it's fear. It yeah. was actually fear that I was sensing in someone else. So that's a key component. However, that can be misinterpreted. So in my new relationship, I I freaked out because I started feeling that neck burn, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh my gosh! And actually, what was happening is I was just experiencing my own fear, you know, and it uh-huh. really has nothing to do with what. So it can get really mixed. And I guess my answer to that is it's something I'm still working out. I the more I get in touch with my body and what's happening in my body, like for instance, my my body said, "Listen, you need a break from your relationship for a few mm-hmm. days just to like recenter yourself and be by yourself yeah. and be alone." And when I honored that intuition, then everything else calmed down and I realized some of the other things that I was maybe a little high alerted about really had more to do with me. And yeah. and so sometimes it's listening to the the smaller messages rather than trying to intuit whether this person is cheating or not. It's what do I right. need in this moment? Yeah. That is 
that is key to the process. And it's tough, you know, when you've been cheated on and when you've had a, a massive, I mean, there for real is post-traumatic stress in some of these things. Mm-hmm. And I certainly experienced very real symptoms of that. It's tough to determine, like you said, what is your animal brain, you know, that primal right, brain and right. what's your intuition. And so my answer is I'm still working on it, but the key for me is to always tune into my body because it yeah. seems like my body has more intuition than my than my brain. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's, I mean, that's really what I would tell somebody. I know that's what I've learned myself and, you know, and bringing it back to attachment to people who are more anxiously attached that kind of get into this dilemma more, they are often highly in tune with not only their own body, but with the emotions and behaviors of other people. And like, describe me to a T. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. I mean, I I had a boyfriend who was a love resistor. He was the avoidant type. And he would often say to me, like, I knew what was, what he was going to do before he did. And, you know, it, it really, um, like I can just sense that. I mean, I, I am very in touch with my intuition, but I sometimes I don't know, like I can just feel the anxiety brewing in me. And if mm-hmm. I am in my head, I'm really disconnected and busy with things going on in my life. I'm, I'm not slowing down to find out where that's coming from. So I yeah. think, you know, what you're talking about is is so right on. Like you just have to get clued into it because the, the signals are always there. Some people mm-hmm. are more in tune with it than others, but if you listen and and learn how to hear your body and pay attention to those very subtle cues that are there, and sometimes they're not so subtle, um, yeah. answers are always there. And then if you don't, don't know what it is, talk to your partner. Like, it's okay you go. to ask yeah. questions, you know? I think we're afraid to ask a lot of times because we don't want to hear, we don't want to hear exactly. the answer, you know? But I also think that often you're, your sense is correct, right? You might sense something in your body, but your interpretation is wrong. That's what I'm finding with myself, that my body is sensing, yes, something is off here, but then I make up the story in my head about what it is. And, and, you know, that's where you go wrong. It's sort of like, if you can just sort of tune into, hey, something feels, I'm feeling this. Don't don't make up the story. Like, ask, like you just said, ask, this is what I'm feeling. And make it an yeah. open-ended. That's a, that's a real opener. I agree. And maybe we can talk more about that when we come back. We're going to break for a commercial here. Uh, we're talking to Terry Lynn Wilkins about betrayal. If you want to follow me on Facebook at Authentic Date or look me up at thelovestrategist.com. We'll see you in a few. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Welcome back to Destination Love. I'm Shelley, and we're talking to Terry Lynn Wilkins here, our expert on betrayal and infidelity. So before we stopped for the break, we were talking a little bit about paying attention to our intuition and communicating to a partner if we're having some questions about whether or not they might be cheating. So what I wanted to ask you, Terry, is just that, like, how well maybe the question is is there a way to know if someone will cheat again and even just if you are asking them like should you look out for certain ways that they respond if they're saying no I'm not cheating but they're really defensive mm-hmm. I don't know can you talk more about that yeah well I the first I think predictor is why they cheated to begin with so mm-hmm. for instance if your relationship is really poor and you don't really have passion and love and genuine adoration for each other, the likelihood of someone cheating again is pretty high because mm-hmm. if, you can't, if you can't repair that, um, if they are cheating because they don't feel good about themselves and they have low self-worth and they're not working on that in any way, the, the likelihood is pretty high, right? So the reasons are key, I think. And then in terms of, you know, if you can predict whether or not they're going to do it again, well, no, we can't ever predict anything, right? right. But I think the the more important question would be, what are you going to do if it happens again, right? So I try to get my clients to the place, whether they're in the relationship or out of the relationship, obviously you don't want to stay in it if you think the person's going to cheat again. But if you if you feel like you've repaired it and you feel like you've gotten, you know, love back and you've gotten it to a place that, you know, it's as best as it could possibly be, how do you then find comfort in knowing that this could happen again? Well, the only comfort to be had is not in, well, it can't ever happen. The only comfort to be had is I have the skills and the emotional awareness and the self-esteem to actually get myself through this because I already did it once and so I know I can do it again. That's where the, the reassurance comes from. Yeah. But as far as predictability and when someone will cheat again, I think the reasons will give you a good indication of how likely it is, but obviously there's never any foolproof sign. But I, I think if people learn how to connect with themselves intimately mm-hmm. and then they have a quality connection with their partner, which very few of us have, I've come to see, then you start to see that there's a loss of connection with your partner and you notice that. And rather than having it spiral down over years or however long and then it ends up in cheating, 
you notice the connection and you work to reconnect. Mm-hmm. That's what I hope people work for. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and I agree. Like there's, uh, there's people that will go on to cheat and it's pretty obvious, but there are a lot of people who survive this or their relationships survive this Yeah, and they can get back to a normal place or an even better place after cheating. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really believe that most people want to cheat. I think it's just like any other thing that we use to, to numb out our feelings. So if, if someone feels genuinely loved and there's a genuine connection there and you genuinely adore each other, that person's just not going to do that. Yeah. But I, you know, that's the, the missing link, I think, in a lot of our relationships. Right. I agree. I agree. So uh, one of the other questions that I have for you is that a lot of clients that I work with or just, uh, you know, people in general, they don't want to acknowledge that their partner's cheating. And they know that they're cheating, but they just continue to stay with them. Or maybe it's one of those situations where everybody knows that this person's cheating on them. All the friends Mm -hmm. know, the neighbors know. Why do you think people stay with a person when when they know that they're cheating? Oh, my gosh. It's fear. And this is something I didn't understand until I didn't understand why women wouldn't leave men who abused them. Right. It just seems so obvious. Right. I think people have the same idea of cheating. Like, why don't you just leave? My gosh. What what you don't understand is that means that you have to leave your financial security. You have to leave your idea of what you lo- thought your life was going to be like. You may lose friends. You may lose family members. In my case, I lost everything, everyone in my life, mm-hmm. everything in my life, every idea I thought my life was going to be. And until I experienced that, I didn't realize how much courage it actually takes to face that And that's why people don't want to look at it because when you know, when you acknowledge it, then you have to make a decision. What am I going to do? Right. And and often the people who don't want to acknowledge it know that they're not in a good relationship and they don't really want to be there, but they don't want to suffer the, the pain of all of the changes that comes from that. It's a massive upheaval. So I, I used to be real judgmental about that. Now I have a tremendous amount of compassion. It's like, I even have, you know, friends of mine who are in situations like this. I'm like, listen, I get it. It takes yeah. courage. Yeah. It does. It really I think does. It, just comes, it comes down to fear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's so important for people to hear that because people get into that judgmental place, you know, like you've talked yeah. about where, you know, everyone's talking about it. Oh, she stays with him because, and he's a cheater. And, yeah. you know, people don't put themselves in that person's shoes to see how hard it would be. Sometimes people have young children or, you know, it is the financial piece or, you know, they're completely dependent on a husband or, or vice versa, a wife. Um, You know, it just, uh, people have their reasons, but I think, you know, what I see is when people put their head in the sand about it and go into that place of denial because of fear you can live a very long, miserable life mm-hmm. in fear, trying to pretend that something's not happening that's hurting you. Yeah. And yeah, it's we create a lot of stories about what is going to happen if we change mm-hmm. things. You know, like if I leave, I won't have money, or if I leave, I will yeah. never be in a relationship again, or my children will be destroyed, or you know, all these things and. 
really we can just create different stories about it to help pull ourselves out. I love um, that you mentioned that because I think, you know, after after changing my specialty and moving into this, I was trying to figure out why why are people so drawn to me, you know? And what it finally mm-hmm. dialed in is that it's it, often it's the women that want to see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, that yeah. there's positive, and that if they take the step and make the changes, whether it's staying in the relationship or getting out of the relationship, both are hard. Both are journeys, you know? Right. If they if they take the step to do that, that there is a different story, that it can amount to something positive. And not, I mean, in my case, not just more positive, but, uh, you know, I love myself more and I love my life more. That yeah. doesn't mean that I don't have my challenges. I mean, I'm still devastated from the financial portion of that, but I'm happy, you know, yeah. and I know how to put myself in that place. And I think that's what people want to know. You know, they don't, they have these ideas that their kids are going to be devastated and their life is going to be ruined. And that's actually, that's, that's not real. Anything you do that adds to who you are and adds to your happiness and brings yourself back to you is a positive for everyone in your life, including your kids. Yeah. That's one of the big, big things to know. Absolutely. I'm a better mother, ironically, yeah. being a single mother than I was being married and having the perfect life. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you completely. Um, we have such power to make things however yeah. we want to make them in our minds. Yeah. Um, such healing power. Sure. So the the biggest thing, and I think, you know, this whole conversation is given, you know, we've kind of touched on this, but what, I, what people struggle with the most is like after they've been betrayed, and it could be that you're married and your husband or your wife cheats on you. It could be that you're online dating right now and you've had two dates with somebody and they blow you off. Like there's so many different levels of how we feel betrayed and how we make that mean something about ourselves and our self-worth. But the question is like, how do we keep our hearts open when we feel incredibly vulnerable and afraid to trust again? What do you tell people with that question? I think when it comes to learning to trust others, that the real issue is not that you are having a hard time trusting others. It's that you're having a hard time trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you have been betrayed, you question your own judgment. And so if you don't heal that and you try to jump into dating and you don't trust your own judgment, what's going to happen? Anybody who comes into your life, you're going to question, well, you know, do they have good intentions? What's this person about? So the, the key to that and to trusting more and loving more and being more is to cultivate a better relationship with you and mm-hmm. to understand your feelings and your thoughts and your emotions. And so if, for instance, you have some people who are listening who are dating and that happens and somebody rejects you, to take a minute and to actually look back and say, okay, <clears throat> what did I know? Same process, you know, what did I know? Why did I choose to engage with that person? Um, what's this about? You know, and, and right. do, some, do some analysis there and, yeah. and use the whole experience as a learning opportunity. I certainly went through a lot of dating um, learning opportunities myself. <laughs> and yeah. I, honestly, I just used it as like a petri dish experiment to, to mm-hmm. learn more about me. Yeah. And you, you eventually come to the place where you get a baseline of, trusting yourself and even if you're wrong 
you know that you'll you'll get through it again and you'll find self-forgiveness and that it's not right. the end of the world. Uh, I think people talk about broken hearts and I kind of joke, I say, if your heart were really broken, you'd be dead, right? Right, <laughs> so, right. And your heart is not, I like to think of it as when when you're experiencing heartbreak, it's not that your heart is breaking, it's actually expanding. Those are yes. expansion pains, you know, so welcome I, it. It's it's a learning opportunity. I know that sounds cliche and we say that all the time, but it's true. No, it is true. And I always say the same thing. My my metaphor is the heart is a muscle. It can't be shattered and broken. It can be bruised. It might be a little worn Mm -hmm. out. But every time that we use it, it grows, it expands, you know. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you close it down, you're never going to know love. You can't you can't put those walls up around it whenever you, you know, every single time you've been hurt, because it's just the nature of being human. We get hurt. That's right. And I, I believe, and you know, I don't know what your universal beliefs are, but you can't know love and passion without knowing heartache. You need the contrast. It's like you don't have any reference. You can't know light without dark. You can't know green Mm. without red, you know? And so, the depths that you go, the deeper you go, the higher you can go. I really, really believe that. Oh, so and do I. For a variety of reasons. But that's why I, I look at it as an opportunity and an invitation. Um, when framed right, it can right. just increase your capacity to love more. Yeah, I agree. I know that... Um, you know, I was divorced after being married for 10 years. And in the years since I've been divorced, I've, I mean, not only was that a moment of hurting my heart, but, you know, several relationships after that too have, you know, there's been moments of heartbreak there. And Mm -hmm. the more that I've experienced, even though sometimes like some of my friends say, how do you keep getting up and trying again? And (laughs) it's because I believe this, like the more of that, that I experience, the more I'm willing to open, the more I know how to love deeper and in a healthier way, because I learn more about myself. I learn more about partners. Um, And to me, it's just, it's part of growing and expanding. So you're you're building resiliency as well. Right. I mean, it's just, I think we have such a wrong way of looking at we're not supposed to experience pain in this life. Right. I mean, pain is, pain is a gift. Inevitable. opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. No matter what pain it is. And I know some people don't like to hear that, but um, (laughs) it can really expand your mind when you think of it in that way. It really, it really can and can change your life. And I love that. I love that you you went through that and had all of those realizations and, you know, you're a perfect example of how it should be done. So thank you. Kudos to you, my friend. Well, thanks. And same to you. Um, I just, I love your work you're doing. Can you tell people a little bit about um, just, it sounds like you do one-on-one coaching. Just give us a brief synopsis of what you, how people can work with you and where they can find you. You bet. Yeah, probably the easiest place is just to go to my website, um, terrylynnwilkins.com. Do you want to spell that for us? Yes, it's a mouthful, isn't it? It's it's T-E-R-I-L-Y-N-N-W-I-L-K-I-N-S.com. It's just my name. 
And there is a, a button on there. We talked about the five reasons people cheat. So if anybody's interested in reading that, it's actually a guide. There's It's a 20-page guide. If you want that for free, you can sign up and you can schedule a free clarity call with me. There, my packages are on there. And I also have links in the blog as well. I also have links to my Facebook page. And I have a Facebook group, although it's a little small. I just started it um, mm-hmm. called The Gift of Betrayal. And so people are more than welcome to to join on there as well. And I do live streaming on Facebook too. Awesome. You, she's, Terry is an amazing coach. I I can vouch for her. Um, And then you've heard her talk here today. So if anybody's really wanting to explore how to work with betrayal and heartbreak, you can definitely talk to her. Um, And as we get close to closing here, I just want to thank everybody for continuing to listen. Next week, we have a really interesting guest coming on, Jamie Green. He is um, a therapist and coach who has been on The Bachelor and on uh, Marriage 911. I think that's the name of the show. And he's going to talk to us about something called The Alchemy of Love. So I'm really excited to have him on. So stay tuned for that next week. And I am actually in the process of um, launching my Empowered Dating Masterclass right now. So if anybody is interested in checking that out, it's a wonderful class where we talk about the love styles and so much more when it comes to finding relationships that last and that are healthy. Um, You can check me out at ShellyPumphrey.com or the easiest way, because like Terry said, my name is a mouthful and very hard to understand or to to spell. is thelovestrategist.com. So you can go there, check out the class. It's going to be open for the next week, and then we close it down because it only um, I only launched that a couple times a year. Thank you for making a weekly visit to Destination Love. Please join Shelley Pumphrey again next Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be brave, be you, be loved.